Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 152, which we are recording on Tuesday, October 24th, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are recording on location at the harbor today again because it is 97 degrees at my house and a little over 90 at Charlene's, so it's really hot out. And you're going to hear a lot of squirrel and bird activity in the background because they are going crazy here today. Yeah, so. we were hoping to find some relief here. Turns out, not so much. It's well, still the, really warm. All the critters are trying to find relief here, yeah, too. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. So we apologize for the ambient noise. Try to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been wearing lately? Certainly not at the moment, but Not recently. at the moment, but we've had our what is our fairly typical October weather where it's very cold in the morning and during the day, the temperature will go up 40, sometimes even 50 degrees, depending on how cold it's been in the morning. So in the mornings, I've been wearing my Pure Joy shawl by Hohi Locatelli. That's a shawl that I knit actually at the beginning of this year. And I knit it in a yarn from Lollipop Yarn called Sweet Pea Sock MCN. And they had they had paired some yarns together in kits. Mine, my I can't remember what the name of my kit was, but the two yarns are Out and About and Royalty. Royalty is a deep, beautiful purple, as you probably guessed. And the Out and About is a wonderful speckled gray. So they look really nice together. Yeah, those are totally your colors. Too. Yes, absolutely. And the Pure Joy Shawl is a perfect length for me, I've decided. In fact, I was going to measure it so that I have a better sense of what my perfect length is. Because every once in a while, even though I make shawls that I like and I still wear, sometimes they might be a little short or a little too long. Actually, I don't have too long. Well, maybe a couple too long. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to find the just right shawl but, length. But this though. length happens to be just right for the way that I wore it, which is with the the shawl doesn't necessarily have a V, but it, what would kind of be the front V in the front and then wrapped around back and then with the two points draped in the front, it's the perfect length for me. So I really enjoyed wearing that one. I don't think I wore it that much last winter or at the beginning of the year when I made it for whatever reason. So I'm going to make sure that I wear it a lot this cold season. Awesome. And how about you, Gail? What have you been wearing? I've been wearing all the things. So I've been trying to wear something hand-knit every day mm -hmm. in the times, like you said, when it's cold in the mornings or the evenings. And so I've been rotating through my shawls. And when it's really cold, my favorite shawl lately has been my new outing shawl, which oh. I knit for the colors of fall. It's a sport weight shawl in a, I don't want to say rustic yarn because that implies that it's somewhat not soft and it's definitely soft, but it's very lofty and it's very big. So you were saying the just right size. Mm -hmm. Well, this one's a definite triangle and it is just right. You put it on and it stays on and I can kind of pull it across my the front of my body like a card like an open front cardigan that you want to close yeah. and it stays there because the yarn is rustic enough that it kind of sticks together so I'm really enjoying wearing my outing shawl it's so pretty and 
it's nice to just lay it over the couch too so that when I'm sitting watching TV, I can just pull it over myself like a blanket because it's <laughs> almost large enough to be a blanket. So that is what, of the things I've been rotating through, that was has been one of my favorites in the last two weeks, the outing shawl. And it's in the colors of fall colors, so you can't beat that. What have you been stocking? I've been stocking, as usual, a few things. Now, if you'll remember last episode, <laughs> <laughs> I had been stocking a cowl. It's called Beloved Berlin. And although I have not started that cowl yet, when I started looking for yarns, that led me to realize... I wanted to reorganize some of my stash. So fast forward two weeks, where am I now? <laughs> Still haven't picked yarn for the beloved Berlin, as I mentioned, but the reorganization <laughs> of the stash made me realize I need to knit something in a DK, DK weight yarn. I have got a few sweater quantities and I have not I don't think last year I knit anything in that way because I've been very much into knitting the fingering white sweaters, which is what I wear most of the time. But I do have a few, not a lot, but some really beautiful yarn, yeah. some, some sweater quantities that are just gorgeous and I want to wear them. So what have I been stocking? All the DK weight things. Uh. <laughs> the first one is the Flam cardigan by Justina Lorkowska. And I know I have stocked this one in the you past. Have. I believe I it's remember. been in and out of my queue. I, yeah, I know that I've stocked this one because it's a very me sweater. It's got a lot of ribbing. It's got open fronts. It's got the high-low hem thing going on. It's got little pockets. It's it's a very me sweater. It was published in the Amirisu publication back in fall of 2015. Oh, and it's got pockets and three-quarter length sleeves. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it had pockets. That's yeah, cool. it does. So I I have yarn for this. I haven't quite matched it up yet because looking at the sweater and then looking at my yarns, I'm kind of thinking it might be a good candidate for a hand spun yarn. Ooh. So, because not every sweater, there are some sweaters that I do know I want to knit in commercial yarns, but this one I can look at and for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what that is i think i might want to knit this one in hand spun now would so, that be a natural colored hand spun because the, that's what i'm thinking yeah the picture on so the pattern pictures it is a natural color it is, fiber isn't yeah. it so that probably yeah. so that may yeah. it's also knit in a yarn that's 50 percent wool 50 percent alpaca so it's intended to be knit in something that's a little drapey, that's a little fuzzy. So I kind of feel like mm, maybe I should take advantage of that and knit it in something half spot. Oh, that's we'll exciting. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. exciting. So this is why a couple, several days ago, Charlene texted me, I'm stocking all the DK sweaters <laughs> and now I understand why. Got it. Yes, there's 
a lot. There's always a, a reason behind text messages like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second DK weight sweater that I have been stocking is one called, I want to say Auden, but it must be Aiden. It's A-D-E-N, Aiden. Aiden, yeah. By Onkistrick. And this one was released, released back in March of 2016. It is a drawstring pullover sweater, but not a cowl neck. Not, not like the Ease sweater. The Ease sweater has a big cowl neck on it. This one is just, it's mm, almost a, it's not quite, it's definitely not a ballet neck, but it's not a tight crew neck either. The pattern calls it a scoop neck. I don't quite, it's not as scooped as I imagine a scoop neck to be. That could be because of the drawstring. There is a drawstring, so in the pictures people might be, might have the neck drawn up a little bit. Oh, it might cinch it closed more yeah. than it's, uh, the yeah. pattern intends. I get it, yeah. That, that might be it. But it's a really cute pullover sweater knit seamlessly from the top down. Um, like I said, she's, the, the pattern designer says that it's got a scoop neck and it's a sporty sweater. It, to me, it looks like a, a sweatshirt. It, that's <laughs> what I thought when I saw it. It was like, oh, a perfect sweatshirt I, sweater. I feel like I say that a lot, okay? I, you guys know I'm very casual, so <laughs> I just feel like I say that a lot. Oh, it's a sweatshirt sweater, but that's just me. What can I say? <laughs> that's what we like to wear. Yeah. And then the next one is called the Leela Top Down Sweater. And I have a feeling that I've stocked this one before as well, or one of its variation sweaters, because as I researched it and looked at this one, apparently there are three Leela sweaters. There is a Leela Bottom Up, there is a Leela Top Down, and then there is one called Leela Light, which is made in oh, fingering weights. Yes. And I think I've probably stocked the Leela Light before. See, I would have thought that was Lila. So when you said Leela, I couldn't picture oh, it. It could be Lila. L-I-L-A, right? Yeah. Yes, I love that sweater. Yeah. I love it. So this is a pattern by Carrie Bostitch Hogg. And the one in particular, the Leela Top Down sweater that I am looking at was published back in January 2015. I'm not sure if all of them were published about the same time, but it's entirely possible. And I am not sure why there are two versions, why there's a top down and a bottom up. I guess just for people who prefer to do it one way over the other. That's a good question. I <laughs> yeah, I just happened to find this one first, and when I saw it, I did kind of remember stocking it previously. I do remember you did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which version, but I remember. Yeah. So this one, it's a pullover, crew neck, a slight high-low hem in the back, raglan shaping, I'm like I said. I'm sure I stocked the fingering one, and I've probably, I in the past, I have probably dismissed this one as being too heavy. Perhaps just yeah, in the DK weight. Yeah, in the DK weight, and it may be, but I am determined to use some of my stash yarn. So 
We'll see how it goes. I think Zoe Espresso Bean is knitting her second. Oh, right really? Now. I think she's doing the Lila Light or Lila, and I think it's her second. Oh, so, I'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, stalk her, her projects. And then the last DK weight sweater that I've been stocking is one called Gray Morlay, and it is by Regina Mossmer. And this one is a free Ravelry download. It's a basic classic pullover. And the skirt of the sweater, if you will, is an A-line rib. So it's not fitted. The rib, the ribbing is not fitted. It flares out a little bit. It's very attractive. It looks very basic, classic. I quite like it. Pattern Page calls it a mock turtleneck sweater, but I think it's really yeah. I think it's more of a yeah, it almost look like, like the a mock other turtleneck one. to me. It's oh. more like a crew. Maybe there are two variations, even, and that yeah. that could be it. Maybe there's a variation for a turtleneck. That could be. I haven't studied the pattern, so it does look like like the other sweater I was speaking of. It looks like something kind of in between a ballet neck and a crew neck. But this is also another one that I would consider using hand spun for. Yeah, that does look like so a hand spun candidate. So I need to candidate. keep that in mind yeah. as well. So I think something will be on the needle soon. <laughs> in DK weight. Yes. And extra added bonus, it will knit faster, right? Yes. The heavier <laughs> weights definitely knit up faster. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. How about you, Gail? What are you stocking? Well, I feel like I'm being stalked right now because <laughs> I have my car door open because it's so hot. There are about 12 or 20 black crows right outside my door. And every time I look, I'm like, ah, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds because well, they're all right outside my door. <laughs> full disclosure, they are circling under the trees where the squirrels are very busy gathering. And I think they're waiting for tidbits. <laughs> yeah, for the squirrels to drop <laughs> to tidbits. drop things, yes. So, funny. you know, it's very uh, timely in the stocking. Yeah. Yeah, we're being stalked by the clothes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, but what I'm really stalking, knitting-wise, is related to our trip to Lambtown in Dixon, California, a couple weeks ago. I purchased two skeins of beautiful Angora blend yarn. So one skein was 85% Angora, 15% Cormo. One was 85% Angora and 15% Merino. I did not know there was a difference when I purchased them, but it's irrelevant because I don't intend to use them in the same project. What I am planning to do because of the sample that was in the booth, and I can't remember the name of the vendor right now. I will make sure I put that in the link for this episode though, or the thread for this episode. The Pie Cowl by Michelle Wang. It's a Brooklyn Tweed pattern. And it is just a simple, thin cowl that you can do double looped. And it only uses one skein of this super, super soft, I mean, buttery soft, lovely yarn. And I think what I'm going to do is modify it to be taller and not a double loop because it's very, very skinny. And I prefer a thicker 
taller cowl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is really pretty though. It's very simple. It has a lace edge on one side and just plain stockinette on the other. So if you're from bottom up, it's lace to stockinette. Very pretty. It was very soft, very lovely. And it used, like I said, one skein. So with the other skein, I want to knit fingerless mitts. I'm half thinking that would be the most luxurious pair of fingerless mitts you could possibly want. And the other half of me is thinking it would destroy the yarn. They wouldn't last very long. That seems like a horrible use of that yarn. So I'm having that mental tug of war, but I think I'm probably going to do it because they would be so soft and amazing. You know, I, I kind of feel like we've made so many things that if they do get destroyed or mangled, it probably wouldn't happen right away. No, it wouldn't Because you have right so many away. other things that you would be wearing also. You know, you wouldn't be wearing it every day. Yeah. And then you'd just be able to make yourself another pair. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a shortage of fingerless gloves. That's for sure. And I wouldn't wear them to walk the dog, for yeah. example. So yeah. I'd wear them in situations where I wouldn't destroy them quickly. Yeah. So that's probably what I'll do with that beautiful yarn. And the pattern that I'm considering right now is called Ritz, um, sorry, called Rye. And it's by, I keep, I, podcaster failed today. I forgot my show notes at home. It's been a really stressful week and they're sitting at home. So I'm doing this from my little tiny iPhone. The pattern is by Hain Katajamaki and they are very simple, basically stockinette fingerless gloves, but they have this really cool little button on the back basically the back of your wrist and there's a little knit strap kind of that comes out from the bottom and loops up and then buttons if you want so it kind of ruches the bottom of the fingerless mitts and it's just a really cool effect I think it's really pretty and then the other possibility for the fingerless mitts is called the Felicity mitts and that's by Cloudhouse Studio and those are also very simple but they have a little bit of lace detail on them mm-hmm. I really want the yarn to be the star of whatever I knit for these fingerless mitts. So it will be a simple pattern for sure. And the other thing I'm stocking also as a result of Lambtown is a shawl that was on display in the Greenwood Fibers booth. And I think all three out of the four of us bought something at Greenwood Fibers. I think she had amazingly beautiful yarn amazingly beautiful fiber. She's a really nice lady. Her name is Carolyn Greenwood and she had a shawl on display called the Saratoga shawl. Now it caught our attention first because Charlene fell in love with, followed by I fell in love with, (laughs) the speckle gradient that it was knit with. She dyed this amazing gradient that went from white with turquoise speckles through turquoise and it was just stunning. And it was knit up in this pattern called the Saratoga shawl, which Carolyn is the designer, Carolyn Greenwood. And this one, let me see, I'm fumbling on my phone again. It is a triangular shawl or somewhat triangular. Well, it's probably crescent, but it has loop like things on one side. So you can take the long side of the shawl and push it through these. They're not loops. They're like buttonholes almost so you can push the tall the long end through these loops loops, and, yeah yeah and and pull it down so it kind of turns it into a cowl almost or 
it acts as a, as a really cool shawl pin without adding a pin to your shawl. So I really liked the way it looked and it has lace border and the rest is just plain stockinette. So it works really well for either plain, not I shouldn't say plain yarn, but all the same color yarn, or you could do some kind of fade, or you could do a gradient like Carol did for, or Carolyn did for her display. Anything would work really well. And that is in fingering weight yarn. And I believe it's two skeins maybe, I'm pretty sure. 640 to 680 yards. So it's about a skein and a half actually. You could probably get away with one of those bigger skeins mm -hmm. of fingering weight yarn. Mm -hmm. Or if you wanted it striped, that would be a really good use. Set. Yeah, yeah. gradient set or stripes. And it looks like it does have some, not a pearl bump, but some kind of texture that separates the sections. So really pretty shawl, really liked it. I even liked it not necessarily in that beautiful gradient because I thought, oh, I just like the shawl because of the amazing gradient. But pretty. I like the shawl and I like the gradient set. Yeah. So they don't need to be done together. I can't remember the name, but we both have knit a shawl with little clincher loops. Clincher, I was trying to remember the name. And I was thinking, clumper? Something, you know, I knew it was something close. <laughs> clincher. The clincher, yeah. Very similar uh, sort of loops. Idea, as yeah. clincher, yes. So, and clincher is much smaller. I think that's it a is. one skein. Yeah. So this one yeah. gives a lot more coverage. And I'm going to read the description. This crescent-shaped shawl begins with an easy lace edging and works in simple short rows to create a flowing and draping shawl. The shawl has a unique self-closure that gathers at the shoulder. The reverse stockinette creates delicate ridges that create a soft and beautiful drape. So that's a much better description than my fumbling <laughs> description was. And that is, again, the Saratoga Shawl by Carolyn Greenwood of Greenwood Fibers. So those are the things I'm stocking, all, okay. of, as, all as a result of Lambtown. Yay! So what are you knitting? I don't have a lot on the needles right now because I've finished a few things. But one of them is the Ginga top, which is a pullover top with lace. You can see it's got a lace panel at the upper shoulders and then a lace hem. And I'm knitting that in the coast yarn again, um, very light fingering yarn that's part cotton and part wool. And I've got that on the needles. I finally went back and I knit my front hem and my back hem. Oh, good. So I think what I have left to do are the sleeves and the collar finishing. And Neckline the sleeves are short, right? It's very short, short So you're very close. Yeah. So I am close. Nice. I, I started out really strong on that one, and then I kind of put it aside for other things, and now I just want to finish it. So I think I'm focused. I think I'm back. <laughs> I definitely I want to... I, yeah, I think I can. I think I can. I definitely want to finish it and don't leave it... I don't want to leave it hanging over the winter months. Well, gosh, I if you finish, finish it, it soon, you can wear it. Yeah, that's very true. Seriously. Very true. And then what I have that I'm working on today as we record is my divi once again well you were working on i were i was working on it then i decided it was just too hot to have that sitting in my lap so but that is what i'm knitting how about Ooh, that you that is a short list yeah i have all the things on the needles right now i am working hard on my annular sweater by hillary smith callis and that i am knitting in madeline tosh tosh merino light 
in the Venetian colorway and I'm about two inches away from finishing the body. So that is an A-line top-down sweater. So most of the knitting, the majority of the knitting is almost finished. Then there are three-quarter sleeves, but as a raglan-shaped garment, some of the sleeves are already done. It's not like a set-in sleeve where you have to pick up and start, mm -hmm. you know, there's a good portion of the sleeves is already finished. And then the small little neck treatment, I think it's three rounds of pearl, knit pearl knit garter treatment on the very edge of the collar. So not that much knitting left to go. So that's exciting. And it's so pretty. I tried it on. It fits really well. I'm really happy with the shaping. It has a little feather and fan type lace detail at the bottom of the v-neck and from there you start to do a pleat that fans out from that lace and it's just really pretty the effect of it I really like it so that's the annular sweater the next thing still on the needles is my yoga shawl by Andrea Mowry that hasn't seen any attention though I don't think since our last episode and I swatched for Cleo by Elizabeth Doherty. I was just showing Charlene my swatch. And all oh, the yarn is so soft and wonderful. It's the Phoebe Base by Quince and Company. And it's such a nice yarn. I'm really loving the yarn. So that, although I'm not knitting the sweater yet, since I swatched, I counted it in what am I knitting. And I also started two new projects. One is the Bankhead Hat by Susie Gourlay, and that I am knitting for walking knitting. I just read the recent review from Clara Parks on the Carson Demeter book about the ergonomics of knitting, and there was a comment about knitting while standing. And since I walk the dog quite a lot, I thought, hmm, I'm gonna try knitting while walking. A lot of people do it, <laughs> yeah. I should be able to do it, and it's rather easy to do. So I cast on a bank head, and that's a free pattern on Ravelry for worsted weight, and I'm using Cascade 220 Superwash in a blue, slightly heathered yarn. It's a dark navy blue. That will be a charity hat. And I also cast on a cowl. I'm loosely using the pattern Peeping Cowl by Hohi Locatelli from Interpretations 4. And I'm knitting that one in the hand spun Charlene gave me for my birthday. <laughs> that is so beautiful. And this is a three-ply that Charlene did as a gradient, and it's a merino silk blend. The fiber was from the Unwind Yarn Company, the Save the Tatas colorway. That's right. Yeah. And it is beautiful. So the Peeping Cowl is written for a lot of yardage. It's a long, tall cowl like the three color cashmere cowl only even taller and what I'm doing is the different patterns that Hohe has in that shot in that cowl I'm using just kind of randomly so I started with some ribbing as the color changed from dark pink to a lighter pink I switched to stockinette I started the first of the patterns and then I'll do some more stockinette and then I'll do the next of the patterns so on and so forth so it's a variation of that cowl. I also cast on far fewer stitches. So I believe it was about 160 stitches to cast on and I cast on 90. So this will oh, be wow. much narrower. A, a close fitting. A closer cowl. fitting yeah. cowl. It's not that close. I tried it on. I put it on waist yarn and tried it on to make sure it was going to fit well. 
and it's oh, exactly good, what I wanted. It, looks, it almost looks like a hat. Doesn't it? It looks, it looks really tiny. Yeah. I know. I thought the same thing, which is why I put it on waist yarn. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, this is going to be fine. It's just a tiny bit droopy. And it's 291 yards, so it's not going to be that tall. So it will droop a little bit, mm -hmm. but it'll be perfect yeah. around the neck. So nice. I'm really excited about this. It's really, really pretty. The <laughs> yarn, it's so fun to knit with hand spun, especially from your best friend. It's knitting up so nice. Isn't it pretty? I like it. It's super yeah. pretty. I'll have to you take know, a picture here before we leave. It's always a surprise with hand spun. You never quite know how it's going to turn out. And so to see it knit up is makes me smile. That's it makes really me pretty. Oh, good. Like it. it makes me happy. <laughs> and I did stock very carefully for the pattern for this. I've been looking for a long time for just the right pattern before realizing well, I don't have to do a pattern exactly as it's written right. because I want something that really highlights the yarn. Yeah. So the Peeping Cow by Hohi Locatelli as a loose pattern <laughs> guideline is that one. And that's all the things on the needles. It's okay. more than usual for me. <laughs> And what have you finished lately? I have finished two things. Three things? Two things. I have finished my Little Black Shawl by Laura Ayler. That was a pattern I have had. Let's see. I've been working on that for a couple of episodes now. Just, just about a month. It is a bottom-up shawl by Laura Ayler that I am knitting in some hand spun. And this was one of the patterns that I thought was really good for hand spun because you can just knit until you're almost out of yarn and then bind off. You don't have to worry about reserving a certain amount of yarn for finishing, for example. So just, there's not, just your bind off. There's no yarn chicken game at the end. You don't really have to play <laughs> yarn chicken. You just reserve that tiny little bit for your bind off and you're good to go and there's little picots knit into the edge every eight rows or so i think it is and really easy all garter stitch the little picots and then three little eyelets at the edges yeah, very, very nice. nice simple detail very nice and the little black shawl that the that the shawl is named for, she, the designer, Laura Ayler, she made one in basic black. So it is something that can, you can wear with everything. If Yay. you choose to make it in basic black, I guess. <laughs> Most people do not choose to make it in black. I am making mine in a gray, or I made mine in gray. So it's very close. Mine is the little gray shawl. So again, that is The Little Black Shawl by Laura Ayler. And then the second thing that I have finished is another really basic pattern. It's called the Pearl Ridge Scarf by Stephen West. And it's actually a cowl. I guess you could call it a circular scarf, if you will. But it's knit in the round, and it's a cowl. And it's this is a free pattern on Ravelry. Basic garter stitch on the edge stockinette stitch for a few rows, a pearl ridge, more stockinette, a pearl ridge, more stockinette, a pearl ridge. You get the Makes idea. <laughs> yes. So basic. And again, this would be a really good pattern like Gail was talking about for changing it up a little bit. The pattern is written for 300 yards of worsted weight yarn and it's knit with a it's knit with a cast on for a long loop so that you can double wrap it. But it's such a basic thing. You could 
easily half that and make it a single wrap or change it up to any other weight of yarn very, very easily. So that is the Pearl Ridge Scarf by Stephen West. So those are the two things that I have finished. How about you? What have you finished? I have finished a couple of charity hats. So I believe I'd already finished Pearl Break when we recorded last time. I hope I did. I think so. I think I had. So that was my big finish the last time. And the two hats that I finished this time were the big rib hat, the thank you hat by Pearl Soho. It's a free pattern on Ravelry. Ridiculously simple. You just do ribbing for a while and then you do a lot of stock in it. And then there's a really cool decrease pattern that basically is four sections of decrease that all lead towards the center. And it's really cute. It's really simple. And that was great for dog walking as well. <laughs> and I used some stash yarn that I had from the Knockers Retreat de-stash table. It's Plymouth Yarn Galway Worsted. And it used just over 200 yards. And the yarn is not superwash. And it's fairly rustic. I was surprised. I don't know why I was surprised. It's one of those yarns that I believe people often use for felting yeah I as I was knitting it I was I kept reminding myself okay homeless hats don't need to be super washed this no, will felt they I don't need to be super be very this warm will felt. it will serve its purpose extremely warm yeah. it will be extremely warm so that I said that backwards it's the thank you hat big rib hat by Pearl Soho and that's a free pattern the second hat is a free pattern also it's called a loft and it's by Kristen Finlay, who is the dyer of skein yarn. And that was not coincidental. Last episode, you were stalking mm -hmm. a cowl by Kristen Finlay. Yes. And yes. what I did is when I was getting ready to cast on my next charity hat, I went through all of my printed patterns. So when I still had easy access to a work printer, now I work from home, I still print from my printer, but it the work printer was super high speed, high quality mm -hmm. color printer. So I printed quite a few patterns at work and didn't necessarily knit them all right away. So I went through all of my printed patterns and pulled out the ones that seemed of interest that have been in my queue forever and I just hadn't gotten around to knitting mm -hmm. them. Well, this was one of them. And when I saw Kristen Finlay, I thought, oh, since Charlene just stalked her, I'll finally knit this hat of hers, which has it was released years ago. It's written for worsted weight yarn and it was a really quick knit. This one ribbed edging, but it has a slip stitch in it. And then stockinette body of the hat that also has a slip stitch detail. So it's simple, but it's really cute. It's slouchy. It is just a really cute hat. And this one was also de-stash yarn. It's red hat soft baby steps in the strawberry <laughs> colorway. So it's very pretty baby pink. It's 100% acrylic, but it is so soft really really ridiculously soft i really enjoyed knitting with it and i think i have about half of the skein left i think it's listed it's listed as an Aran weight and i think the hat used about 150 yards i didn't weigh the skein first but yeah. there's approximately half of it left and super quick knit both of the hats were really quick knits this one i did not knit while walking the dog but could have <laughs> yeah. it could easily because those thick the thick yarn and big needles are very nice for walking yeah knitting. You don't yeah. stab yourself. I tried right. to knit the yoga shawl. And you can see it as you're moving better. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I tried to knit the yoga shawl, which is on much smaller needles, um, and that was not going to happen. Yeah, you need to be able to see 
see it with some motion because you're moving. So. Well, and also I found the trick for me is to have it be something that I don't have to look at at all. Yeah. You know, I look down when I'm moving Straight the stitch marker. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. not the best with the slip stitch happening almost right. every row. Yeah. It wasn't a great candidate for walking knitting, but it was a great pattern, free pattern on Ravelry. And that's nice. a loft by Kristen Finlay. So that makes one, two, three, four, five, six charity hats in the last month. And I have a seventh on the needles right now. Oh. So it must be that hat time of year already. Well, and several of the cowls that I knit, including the Pearl Ridge scarf that I just knit, are going into my charity pile, too, for donation. Yeah, that usually that hits us later in the fall, but it's hitting us it's, earlier this I year. I feel like it's hitting me earlier, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, usually October, November, right when the holidays get into yeah, full swing. When Closer I start, to Thanksgiving, we yeah, start. Yeah, when I start looking for small projects because mm -hmm. I can't focus on a big one, but I definitely have noticed that I've been looking for the easy projects because yeah. that's, that's two cowls that I've knit in the because the cowl that I knit at Lambtown was a charity cowl. Oh, so cool. there are a couple. And what charity are you going to send those to? Do you know? I don't. Okay. I, don't. I was thinking, There's a couple. Yeah, there are always... I mean, because we had talked about doing some to Compassion Knit, mm -hmm. whom you have sent to before. And then I usually take some things to donate at the retreat house where we give our where we have our retreat every year in april yeah saint francis retreat they yeah. do the saint francis donations in san francisco and you often bring stuff to stitches i have yeah pillows for hope hats i have done that several years ago i don't think they collect at stitches anymore oh that's too bad well they i got think they got of hats. i think that yeah I think, too many maybe i think it was too many for yeah. them to deal with yeah yeah the of the hats that I've been knitting lately, I've been alternating between dark colors and lighter colors, dark colors, lighter colors. And I'm going to, going to send the lighter ones to Monica of Compassionate, who does collections and donations for homeless and foster children in the Bay Area of California. And then the others will go towards our, what Mike and I call our tarpon hat project every year <laughs> for the homeless people in Santa Cruz. So. That's, those are the two targets of my charity knitting at the moment, but I've heard lots and lots of really cool charity knitting recipients on different podcasts lately. So I'm always inspired by that. Yeah. So, okay. There we go. We would like to thank our October sponsor, Infinite Twist. Have you been thinking about buying an Infinite Twist kit, but waiting for the right time? Well, the time is now because Infinite Twist will be going on hiatus starting in December. A handful of Bifrost and Love Still Wins kits are currently in stock, as well as some one-of-a-kind beauties. Check out the available kits at infinitetwist.com, and we look forward to serving you again in fall of 2018. And a little birdie told me that congratulations are due to Kate, yes. who is expecting early next year. Congratulations, Kate. Yes. Thanks for sponsoring. <laughs> Today we're going to talk more about yarn labels and substituting yarns. So part two, really, of yarn labels and substituting yarns. And the reason why this is a big deal is because very few of us use the recommended yarn for a pattern 
100% of the time. Occasionally, yes, we do. But at some point, you too will be shopping for a yarn substitution. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm always shopping for a yarn substitution. Well, and I know that we have a lot of listeners who are fairly new to the fiber crafts. So it's not always intuitive, I don't think, when you look at a yarn label. Like I said, the last episode, I, my first sweater, I needed worsted weight yarn, but my idea of yarn shopping was, oh, that's a pretty yarn. I want that yarn. <laughs> so the information on the label is really important, not just in terms of the weight of yarn. So do you need fingering? Do you need worsted, etc. Like we talked about the last episode and how that varies with your gauge and needle size and the pattern. But also, what does the pattern state in terms of the yarn that's required? So the hats that I recently finished, they called for worsted weight yarn. Well, they also called for wool, but there are so many variations on wool. So there's superwash, there's not superwash. There's highly rustic wool, there is fine wool. And number of plies, there's single ply that is worsted. There's multi-plied yarn that's worsted. Lots of variations. And without getting into a whole fiber you know, lesson on, yeah. <laughs> on different types of wool, there's a lot of variation. And when you're just learning, it's not intuitive at all. When you look at a yarn label, like Cascade 220, you see it's 100% wool. Well, a lot of experience comes into choosing the right yarn for the right project, but some basics are the fiber content of the label. So if a project calls for wool, you can usually manage your way through the yarn label to get a wool yarn. Mm -hmm. But then when it starts to vary, like some of the projects Charlene was stocking today, where they're 50% wool and 50% alpaca, well, then it helps to know what the qualities of alpaca are and how they change the project. Like a sweater, if there's a lot of alpaca, that's going to add a lot of drape, a lot of warmth, a lot of or a lot less memory for the stitches because alpaca doesn't have as much memory as wool does. And seeing the yarn label is really going to help you once you know how to read it, decide if a substitution yarn is going to work or not. And I'm sure you get this question in the yarn store all the time. We do. And one of the first things I tell people is that Ravelry is your friend. Yes. (laughs) And from the pattern page, you can click through the yarn ideas tab and you will see all the previously used yarns, how many times each one was used. And if you click on the used X number of times line or link, it will display all the projects that have used that yarn. So first and foremost, that is an absolutely amazing resource because someone may have already done the experimentation for you. For example, if you are considering changing fibers, if you are considering even using another wool for a wool substitution, somebody else may have tried it out and you might even be lucky enough to see what it looks like or see why it failed. So that is... A a fabulous resource. Absolutely fabulous. (laughs) And you can also ping the person who may have done that experimentation. I just pinged someone on Ravelry about the Comfort Fade cardigan the other day. Mm -hmm. And people are so gracious and they respond to your questions. So if you do have a question about 
oh, you use this yarn, I'm considering using it, what did you think? You will get a, a response. So that's also a great resource. Yeah. And then, as Gail mentioned, knowing the qualities of different fibers is important. If you're going to attempt a substitution, are you substituting with a yarn that's completely different or substituting with a yarn that's fairly similar? Both those things can work. Sometimes they work. Sometimes you might wind up with a total fail. I remember when I first started knitting, I saw a vest that I really liked. And unfortunately, it was a yarn store employee that pointed me towards the cotton that I ended up using for a pattern that was originally written for wool. Oh. And it really didn't work. Yeah. Gauge-wise, it was fine, and it was it was a passable garment. It was a wearable garment. Was it what I really wanted and initially saw in the pattern? No, it wasn't. And unfortunately, I didn't get good advice from a yarn store employee, newbie knitter. So I look back on that. I learned a lot. <laughs> and that's a good comparison right there. So animal fiber versus plant fiber. Yeah. So plant fibers, cotton, linen, flax, hemp, things like that are completely different in characteristics than animal fibers like wool, alpaca, etc. So knowing the difference right there is huge because I too substituted a cotton yarn for a wool yarn in a sweater and it was a complete fail because <laughs> plant-based fibers do not hold shape the way animal fibers do because of the way the fibers hold together. So that's really important to know. And that's just 101 in reading your yarn label is right. that if it's a plant-based fiber, expect it to be drapey, expect it to grow and keep that in mind when choosing it for your, your project. And then, like I said, sometimes it may work. There's a sweater that Everybody probably knows that I have made, well, I've made it twice, so I absolutely love this sweater. It's called Donner by Elizabeth Doherty. In fact, we took finished object photos here yeah, at the harbor. Of mine too, <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely love that sweater. It's written for a linen yarn. I, however, have plans to make one in a wool and make myself a winter version of that sweater because I love it so much and I also know that there are a lot of folks that have done that exact thing some I've spoken to in person some I've seen on Ravelry and they've had a lot of success in the substitution going from the linen to the wool on that sweater so really it's kind of difficult to say because I don't necessarily feel like there are any tried and true rules you there probably are some but you have you have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis almost and swatch 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 watch for sure and yeah. you actually just said something that made me think you said you were going to possibly knit a donner in wool as a winter sweater mm -hmm. another big difference between animal and plant fibers 
plant fibers are generally not as warm. They are better Very for true, yeah. cooler for warmer weather. And your animal-based fibers are usually warmer. And some are much warmer than others. So alpaca is much warmer than wool, generally speaking. So knowing things like that can really help when selecting a yarn as well, because if you're like me and you get warm really easily, substituting an alpaca or an alpaca blend for a, a wool yarn probably isn't a good idea because it's probably gonna be too warm. So another variation between plant and animal yeah. fibers and swatching is your friend because then you can see you can feel how the yarn runs through your fingers and feel how it feels to knit it which can be a big determination in whether or not you want to knit a garment because I've knit with some yarns that I really didn't enjoy and if you've already purchased a sweater quantity you're stuck with the sweater quantity instead of yeah. you know buying a skein and test driving it kind of so swatching is always useful you can feel what the yarn feels like to knit with it you can treat it as you would the finished object, see how it blocks out, see if it has the characteristics you're looking for, and that's all part of the learning process. Right. If, if you're going to embark on a new sweater journey with a new fiber, I would always suggest just buying a single skein and just trying it out and make sure that you really enjoy working with that fiber. And even if you're a new knitter or just a fiber you find a fiber that's new to you or perhaps there's a fiber that you've never tried just pick up a skein a single skein and just try it and see how you like working with that fiber if you're if you have a cotton or a linen you can always make a washcloth if you, if you have a wool you can you can make a swatch or a hat something that's mm -hmm. really small and simple just to try out that fiber on a small scale project. Kids hats are great. That's that's a good suggestion. Yeah, because yeah. they're small and they really give you an idea of how it knits up. Usually there's some type of ribbing and stockinette and maybe some other stitch patterns in the hat. So for example, if your finished object is going to have cables, choose a hat with cables so that you can see how the stitch definition looks in a cable. Likewise for lace, because sometimes if you have a fiber with a lot of halo or kind of the fuzz that appears around the skein, the the yarn strand, well, that could obscure lace. So that's another part of the fiber that's important to know is how is that particular, particular fiber going to look in a particular type of stitch? Mm -hmm. So alpaca may be not the best for cables because it doesn't hold its definition quite as well versus a wool usually pops a lot more in cables and the cables look much more crisp and for a lace type of project, fuzzy yarns may be the effect you're looking for. Like in the pie cowl that I want to knit with that angora, the angora has a halo. And generally, I wouldn't knit lace with a halo. But seeing that sample in the booth was like, wow, that is yeah. so pretty. Yeah. So samples are I'm, I probably would have thought the same thing seeing it in Ravelry, like you suggested, going yeah. and seeing different examples of things that have been knit but of course if you can see something in person it's so person, much better yeah. and something like that like whether a yarn has a halo that's not going to be a piece of information oh, that the yeah. label states it's not going to say 
this yarn has a nice halo. <laughs> it might say that in a description somewhere online, but very rarely do yarn labels have room for a nice little description. So whether, yeah, that's something that you'll just need to Bye. visually see or just learn by trying the yarn itself. And if you can see it in a local yarn store, you can see the halo for yourself. Yes, but if you're yes. buying online, that's much harder. Yeah. And shopping with someone who knows what they're doing is very educational too, because I remember shopping for yarn with Charlene when I was fairly new to knitting and she would actually take kind of the end of the yarn if it was poking out, you know, she didn't like take part of the part of the strand of yarn that was I'm curious what did I do that, so I don't envision her like grabbing from the center you know the outside of the ball but you know if there was a little end sticking out she would kind of unravel it a little bit to mm -hmm. see how many plies it was and she'd kind of rub it in her fingers a little bit to see if there was a halo or mm -hmm. so it was always interesting to say to watch her and I'd say to myself wow, I never would have thought to do that. So earlier you said something about the plies. So well, that, yes, that was going to be the next thing that I brought up. Go for it. Okay. So number of plies. Some yarn labels sometimes will have it written like underneath the yarn title or something. They'll say three ply or eight ply, something like that. There used to be a classification system where the number of plies implied the knitting weight of the yarn but that's not necessarily true anymore now you can find yarns that are any number of plies in any weight there are ones that are more common of course but the number of plies may affect the yarn you want to pick for a project for example a single ply versus a three ply yarn you probably would not want to select a single ply yarn for a outerwear sweater, for example. You may. There may be a reason that you choose that particular yarn. I have done it. But it may not necessarily be the hardest wearing and longest lasting yarn for an outerwear sweater. And not to say that it won't last, but you may find yourself depilling it a lot more often than you would a three-ply, for example, for an outerwear sweater. A three-ply yarn that's got a nice twist is going to have a lot of surface area showing each of those three plies twisted around each other and probably will not be pilling as much as a single-ply yarn. So probably a better choice for an outerwear sweater. And likewise, a single ply yarn is probably not a good choice for a sock because socks That's are hard true. wearing. Yes. And for example, if you knit a sock with a single ply, the heel and the ball of the foot and maybe the toes will wear out much more quickly than mm -hmm. with a plied yarn, which has more strength and durability. Mm -hmm. And you also just mentioned pilling and how single ply yarns will pill faster. That's another piece of information that the if yarn you... yarn label's not going to say. No, it won't. It definitely won't tell you if it's going to pill because they don't want you to know that if it's going to pill. That's not in the yarn company's best interest. But as you get to know more about certain fibers, you will be able to identify by the fiber type if something is more likely to pill. 
For example, cashmere, a lot of yarns are merino nylon cashmere, and cashmere is a smaller staple length yarn or fiber, which means that it does have smaller ends that poke out that cause the yarn to pill more. And that's something that I learned over time. Like, why is this super soft yarn always pilling? Well, it's because of the cashmere content. Sorry, the squirrel is throwing acorns at the car again. Do you remember when this happened a few episodes yes. ago? <laughs> well, he's mad at us again. So anyways, I guess he doesn't like pilling either. <laughs> So that's another thing. The label won't tell you it will pill, and it won't tell you if it has a halo. But as you become more familiar with different fibers that you see on the yarn label, you will better know, oh, this fiber has this characteristic that it may or may not want for this project. And that's another question that I get in the yarn store a lot. People will just pick up a random skein of yarn, walk up to the counter, will this pill? And I often am at a loss for how to explain in terms of how much will it pill, because honestly, every, every yarn is going to pill a little bit. Cotton even pills. Different cottons will pill. Maybe mercerized cotton, not so much, but unmercerized cotton will pill. All wools will pill. As Gail mentioned, a shorter staple cashmere will pill. Everything is going to pill a little bit. There's extreme variations you know, some yarns are on the very pilly timeline or the spectrum. Spectrum, that's the word I'm looking for. And some I can tell by your hand motions. <laughs> <laughs> and some won't pill a lot. And there are, like Gail said, there are different qualities and it just takes practice, learning, learning the different characteristics of fibers and taking that swatch that you've made and washing it and treating it the way that you will the sweater. And of course, some yarns that you choose may react perfectly fine for the majority of the body of the sweater. And you may find that under the arm, for example, which is a harder wearing spot, just like a sock toe or heel, harder wearing spot, it might pill in that location. And you just deal with it. You depill as needed. That's not necessarily a bad quality for the yarn. Right. It's not a bad mark against the yarn. Right. It, it just means that that's a harder wearing spot on your garment and you depill as necessary. It's just part of sweater maintenance. Yeah. And then the other thing that, so on the subject of pilling, which is again, not going to be on your yarn label, the gauge at which you knit a yarn is a direct has a direct impact on how much it will pill. That's true. My ease, which I knit in a beautiful merino cashmere nylon blend from Western Sky Knits, I love that sweater so much. I wear it really often. It pills like a beast because <laughs> it has cashmere and it's lit at a knit at a pretty loose gauge. So those two things in combination cause it to pill quite often. So I have a gleaner and I glean that sweater. I depill it quite often and it's worth it to me because mm -hmm. I love wearing that sweater. It's soft. It's fabulous. I wouldn't trade it for any yeah. other kind of yarn because that's the way I like it. So I agree. The gauge, sometimes we choose exactly a certain fiber because the good, the pros are what are, what is important to us. And we decide we can live with the cons. Exactly. And that's Again, the gauge is a reflection of that particular sweater. 
because I knit that yarn, which already has a tendency to pill, at a looser gauge. The looser the gauge, the more pilling you're likely right. to the, experience. I think of it, I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but in my mind, it's a little similar when you felt, when you purposefully felt wool, you need to give the wool a little bit of room to felt. And so when you knit some yarns at a looser gauge, it's got more room, more play in there to felt or yeah, to, to rub pill. against itself. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And so it kind of pills a little bit more. Yeah. And you said something a moment ago about treating the swatch as you would the finished garment. And I remember when we interviewed Clara Parks or in one of her books, she mentioned that she will take a finished swatch and either put it inside her waistband or put it inside her bra yes. and make sure she gets as much wear out of it as she can. And I've even heard it referred to as there, I think there is a machine that will rub the yarn oh. really hard or something like that to really, yes. that's like the most intense testing yeah. of a yarn you could possibly yeah. do. But <laughs> if you want to know if the yarn's going to pill, really rub that yarn yeah. in between your hands yeah. after you've blocked it and see what it's going to do. So Gail mentioned Clara Parks. I think this is a good time to mention one of her books. One of her books from quite a while ago. It's called The Knitter's Book of Yarn. I find that to be an invaluable resource to give me a little brief bit about each kind of fiber, the qualities of the fiber, what to expect, and how to perhaps think about the fibers when you are substituting. And Deb Robeson is another really good resource if you want to learn more about different fiber types and their qualities. And she also has a craftsy class mm -hmm. about yes. Hers is wool-centric, though. Yes. Well, Clara also, I think, has a book on plant-based fibers. Knitter's Book of Wool, and then there's the other one. Oh, okay. This one title. is the Knitter's Book of Yarn. Oh. And I think the okay. Knitter's Book of Yarn has plant-based and, and wool. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And animal. That's right. Fibers. Very good resources. Yeah. Very, I found it to be so interesting when I was learning about it all mm -hmm. because I had no idea as an earlier newbie knitter all the different characteristics of all the different types of wool and the more I learned when we were at Lambtown, Charlene and I sat there and listened to the fleece judging for about an hour. And I don't even spin. And I was fascinated was by the things he was telling us. Guys. There was, there is so much to learn. And even though I've read the Clara Parks book, it's still fascinating to go back and look at it again because I don't retain it all. So no, of course, yeah. <laughs> So it's just an interesting thing to delve into and learn about. And there was one vendor, Shaggy Bear Farms, who had Pygora, which is a blend oh, of yeah. pygmy goat and angora goat. Incredibly soft fiber. Yeah. And she also has a lot of different animals that she shears and then has the wool spun into yarn. And she had fiber types or wool types I'd never even heard of. Yeah. Santa Cruz Island. That was interesting. Very, very varied stuff. And she had endangered, you know, sheep that were on yeah. the endangered list yeah. and fascinating. So many, just feeling all of the different textures of the different <laughs> yeah, wool is cool. like, wow, oh my gosh, feel cool. this. And it's a really interesting subject. So I hope that 
if you don't know much about fiber yet, that you go out and explore it because it's super interesting. It's not that difficult to get your hands on single skeins of different types of fiber to experiment with them and see, depending on the kind of knitting you want to do, what you want to use because it's just super cool. Like yeah. Cormo, for example, <laughs> is one of my favorite, favorite wools and you don't see that very often and I never would have known about it if I hadn't watched that craftsy class yeah. and read some of the books that yeah. I've read. So check those books out. They're a really good resource. So some of these things we've talked about before, but it always bears repeating and substituting yarns. Like I said, it's something that we all deal with every single project or every so often we're cause we don't always use the called for yarn. So if I'm sure we've forgotten something or oh, somebody will so have much. a question, yeah. there's so much, please join us in the, Ravelry discussion for this episode on Ravelry. If you would like to ask a question or if you have comments or if you have something that you want us to add to the discussion next time. Yeah. And spinners too, because spinners, I think get more fiber exposure Definitely. than most knitters yeah. do. So yeah. if you have questions about a specific type of fiber, there are lots of people in our group who can answer the questions. So definitely okay. bring it on. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I'm hoping that the ambient noise wasn't too crazy <laughs> with our squirrels and our birds and everything yes. else happening out here. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Bye. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.